I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 173, for the weekend starting 8 April 2017. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, how Samsung and South Africa dealt with the Note 7 crisis. Also this week, Facebook now has 170 million users in Africa, Vodafone's CEO is in town, and LG's new G6. Time to turn fire up on the Skypes for another show. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rechard? How's it, Duncan? Good. We're trying something new today. You are sitting at home. I'm sitting at home. It's a Saturday morning, and we're doing this over Skype. Yeah, isn't fiber a wonderful thing? I mean, all, on by all accounts, the video and audio feeds are, are sounding quite good. Indeed. We're running uh, we're running um, HD video to each other here. Uh, I see you having a morning cup of coffee over there. Yeah, at least I can have my homebrew coffee, which is great. <laughs> Not as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, we'll have to complain. <laughs> um, we will indeed. But uh, this is a... Um, interesting experiment we're doing putting it put it that way uh mm. it's a saturday morning we uh, didn't get to do the podcast yesterday we normally record on a friday afternoon but there was so much else going on in south africa yesterday <laughs> that we uh we didn't really get a a chance to to do it but um here we go we're gonna try our first ever skype call we're both on vumatel fiber uh we're both on symmetrical vumatel fiber so uh in theory this call should, this podcast quality should be excellent today should be good. Yeah, I'm quite keen to experiment with other softwares too. I think uh, if we set up some peer-to-peer something, I think we could get some really good quality too. So uh, yeah, we'll keep experimenting. Mm. I can hear you're uh, not in the room with me. I mean, you sound, your voice is a little digitized. I'm guessing my voice sounds to you a little digitized, yeah, yeah. even though we're uh, probably only five kilometers from each other and uh, talking over um, fiber connections and presumably mm. this call is being routed locally, although I don't know the answer that might be going overseas and coming back here. Yeah, um, yeah. The, there doesn't seem to be much lag on the on, much uh, uh, um, lag on the line though, so I think it may be rooted locally. Um, I think it's just a little bit of yeah, just a little bit of the software compression that that I can hear. Um, but yeah, I think I think I mean we uh, fiber is such a fantastic technology. There must be a way for us to get super uh, super clear studio quality mm-hmm. like we do when we're recording in studio. Yeah. Um, we were we were th- we were talking before the show started about um, you know about ways of doing this and what we could have done is um, you know we I, I we record the show onto uh, onto an audio recording product called a Zoom H6. You have a Zoom product uh, there as well, Rechat. And uh, we, H4, what, we, yeah. what we could have done is you could have recorded the audio directly onto your Zoom, uploaded it into the cloud for me, and then we could have um, put it together and stitched it together in Audition, and uh, it would have sounded mm. sounded like we were in the same room together. But uh, we thought, uh, for authenticity's sake, um, <laughs> we will record this directly using Skype uh, onto a Zoom. Uh, so uh, what you're hearing from Rechard, I'm recording on my side, uh, so Rechard's voice won't be quite as crystal clear as mine. Uh, but uh, so far, I'm quite impressed with this, uh, and yeah, uh, it's a yeah. nice uh, way of doing things. And uh, of course, um, you know, uh, it's uh, we're often traveling, and uh, it's a great way to record a podcast if we happen to be at an event or something. If I or yourself uh, go off to uh, an event, say Mobile World Congress, uh, definitely. As long as we have broadband between both endpoints, uh, we can uh, have a great conversation. Yeah, I'm sure you can do this on a good LTE connection as well. So. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, just make sure it's not an international roaming LTE connection. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it could get a bit pricey. But uh, 
but uh, no, this is uh, this is pretty good. So uh, the reason we're recording on a on a Saturday and from home from our respective homes uh, is that um, there was a lot of uh, stuff going on in South Africa <laughs> yesterday. And Rachel, you actually went off to Pretoria. I was hoping to get there as well, but uh, time pressures precluded me, oh. unfortunately, from getting there. Um, you, you went through to the protest march to the union buildings. Uh, how was it? Yeah, I mean, it was an electrifying atmosphere, you know, just driving from our home through the suburbs onto the highway. Uh, it, I kind of got hints of like a World Cup-esque vibe. You know, there was a lot of people singing and chanting, everybody seemingly coming together for this common cause. Um, like I said, it was a great atmosphere. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people obviously there to voice their opinion and their unhappiness um, with what's happening in government at the moment. Um and which is great to see everybody together. I mean, it was a sight to behold. Obviously, as a photographer, I went specifically to take some photographs, which I did, uh, and some video clips. There was some good stuff that I got. So I'm actually going through that this afternoon, uh, and I'll be sharing that online. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it was it was it was great to be part of that. Uh, there's another one coming up on the 12th, I believe, um, a, a more official one run by political parties. So I think we're getting momentum in, uh, uh, there's certainly momentum in this this movement against the corrupt government. I suppose there was uh, a concern that uh, this would be a once-off and, uh, you know, then it would just peter out. But you're right, there's more protests planned for next week. Uh, I think that Save South Africa movement has got a permanent fixture in the in the, in Church Square in Pretoria. <laughs> uh, so it does sound like that, uh, that this thing has momentum and is going to carry on. You went yeah. through to Pretoria with the hope of putting a drone up in the air, but um, there were a lot yeah, of helicopters around, you say, so it, it wasn't really safe to do so yeah and it, i mean the thing with drones you know it's you can't fly over people there were a lot of people there I, I was hoping to go to the far right of the union buildings but that's a national key point too so um yeah i was i was hoping that there'd be an opportunity but i didn't want to chance it you didn't want your you didn't want your drone shot down is what you're saying yeah i also didn't want to be arrested and <laughs> <laughs> that's true i mean you can't you know i don't want to be bragging about footage if i can't shoot it legitimately you know you can't yeah. really share it you know i saw some uh, social media posts of uh, people, I think, in Durban, there was a Durban or Cape Town drone. Of, uh, somebody flew a drone over the crowds. Yeah, that's not, great. Not for... really the way to do it. I mean, you'll get great shots, yeah. but you can't chance it. I mean, the law at the moment says you can't fly over people. Oh, does it? Uh, okay. okay. No, I, I do fly over people when it's a group that I know and that I've arranged. It's a proper shoot that I've done. You know, then it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you never know. Somebody throws a rocket to the thing and falls out of the sky. It could get messy. It could get messy, yeah. yeah. Um, on the other hand, it's a drone. It's not a helicopter gunship. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but you know, so someone by the name of Anthony George Kirkwood um, shot, uh, took some very good footage, actually, of uh, the, the Durban beachfront area where the, the Durban march took place. Thousands and thousands of people on the Marine Parade. Uh, if you go to Facebook and just search Anthony George Kirkwood, you'll be able to find his video um, just showing the scale of the march in Durban. It looked pretty impressive. Um, and the drone footage he took is uh, is quite 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 amazing as well. I think I might embed it in the post on this uh, podcast um, just so that you have direct access to it without having to go to Facebook. But um, really, really, really great footage. But yeah, as yeah, you say, he was yeah. flying over the crowd. I wasn't aware that that was actually not permitted under the regulations here in South Africa. Yeah, look, there's lots you can get away with when you fly a drone, um, and I try and push the boundaries every now and then. But yeah, look, there's I think there's it just wasn't the right place and time to do yeah. it. Uh, but with helicopters flying around and floating a drone over the union buildings, might not have been the best idea. Yeah, exactly. There were a lot of there were a lot of guys in riot gear. I didn't want to be the focus of one of them. Yes, um, indeed. And also, you know, there was 
I think there were some VIP presence because uh, I did see some black uh, men in black type uh, security. Oh, I'm sure they were there. Yeah. So, so I also didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to chance it. Um, but I had a lot of fun. The only other thing I wish I had was my 360 camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, because I was walking, it was I, I, I had too much to carry. I was wanted to focus on on video and audio. So. Uh, but yeah, getting back to what this was, what an amazing experience to be part of, and I urge anybody to 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 if they want if they have an opinion to voice, that's definitely the place to do it and uh, be, feel part of this this movement. Yeah, great to see South Africans rising up and uh, having a voice on uh, what they see as an injustice. So yeah. uh, great stuff. Marches all over the country this week, and some great some great pictures as well. Uh, not just drone footage, but uh, mm, I've seen mm. some great images being shared on social media. Now, I thought South Africans were also very creative. With the placards that they uh, that they put oh, up, oh yeah, there's great ones. Um, some of them were I took a bit, some photos, some really good ones. Yeah, some of them were a bit rude, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> some of them were very clever as well. Uh, um, I uh, I think South Africans really put their thinking caps on with, for those placards before they went out and marched this oh, yeah. week. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of shower, a lot of shower cap, uh, shower head uh, style <laughs> banner <laughs> flags. People were walking around. It was quite fun. Indeed, indeed. Anyway, um, we're not going to have a big rant like we did on last week's show on politics. Uh, we've got lots of te- tech to talk about, so let's get right into it. Um, I do want to, before we start talking about um, uh, specific the specific news for this week, I do want to talk about some of the other podcasts that we're doing. Um, if you are not aware, we have two podcasts on Tech Central. There's this one, Talk Central, and of course, we've launched a new podcast series simply called Tech Central or the Tech Central Podcast, where we are interviewing technology leaders and other very interesting people uh, in the uh, the technology space and and broader in fact uh, and we've got some really really interesting interviews uh, lined up uh, in the coming weeks i don't want to give away anything just yet in case we jinx it but uh, we we have well, some, some good ones we've got some really good uh, some really good interviews coming up but uh, this week we had some good interviews some good interviews too um tetonyati newly appointed ceo of ultron of course he was the former ceo of mtn south africa uh, until quite recently uh, a very interesting interview with him uh, worth listening to um on its own, just for the uh, section where he talks about uh, radical economic transformation. He has some uh, very strong views on it, uh, and uh, he warns that it's rhetoric and uh, that um, some of the things that are being proposed could damage our economy. Uh, so Mteto Nyati speaking out, um, I guess, like so many South Africans this week, um, mm-hmm. some interesting views. Uh, the Mteto Nyati podcast is well worth going to have a listen to. I also had a chance to chat to Craig Fleischer, who is head of mobile at Samsung in Southern Africa. Uh, I spoke to Craig. He's just back from uh, New York for the launch of the Galaxy uh, S8 uh, smartphone, Samsung's new flagship smartphone. Very interesting discussion. I'm going to get into a bit of that, what he told us uh, during the course of this podcast. Uh, I won't say any more on that at the moment, but uh, well worth a listen as well. And then I also had a chat with Greg Sorrell, who is global, a uh, big upon vice president at an, uh, an American company called HID Global. He's based in Silicon Valley. Had a really inter- interesting chat to him this week as part of a, a, a series of podcasts we're doing on information security. Uh, and we specifically looked at biometric security, different types of biometric security, like iris scanning and fingerprint, etc. Nice. And he's spoken some detail about what the crooks are doing to try and break it and how the industry is trying to stay ahead. So if you're interested in, in cybersecurity and particularly if you're interested in biometrics and uh, whether they're safe or not, uh, the podcast with Greg Sorrell is worth a listen to as well. So lots of news to talk about too. So let's jump straight. And, and, into and a quiz. And a quiz actually. <gasps> a quiz. Thank you. I always forget about the quiz, record. What would I do without you? <laughs> I've been trying to highlight it in Google Docs for you so you could see. Uh... I was wondering what you were doing. <laughs> the show notes are going pink and and uh, 
oh, oh, they're highlighting pink and uh, they've been flashing in front of me. I thought, Rechard, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm a bit slow this morning. It is a Saturday, after all. Um, all right, do you want to start with the first question? Yeah, sure. First question in this week's quiz. LG this week launched its new G6 flagship smartphone in South Africa. How much does it cost? We are looking for a recommended retail price within the range of a thousand rand. Amazon.com CEO Jeff Bezos this week said he spends how much of his own money every year funding Blue Origin, his space exploration company? The third question. Samsung Electronics said this week in an interview with Tech Central that it pushed out the launch in South Africa of Samsung Pay, its tap-and-go payment and digital wallet solution, to win. And our fourth question. Which politician this week tweeted that the demonstrations by South Africans against President Jacob Zuma were, quote, rubbish? then deleted the tweet, and then claimed that the tweet was fake. <laughs> you can't hide from those screenshots, eh? You can't. <laughs> first, first question. Vodacom's chairman announced this week he was stepping down. Who is he? And for a bonus point, why is he stepping down? That's our quiz. Uh, thanks for uh, pointing it out. Rechard, uh, we will get to the answers to that at the end of the show. <laughs> but now it is officially time for us to talk about the news. And I want to talk a bit about that interview I had with uh, Craig Fleischer yesterday. Uh, we've podcasted on the website, as I mentioned earlier. Um, very interesting discussion, um, not only about the Galaxy S8, and I won't talk much about that because uh, Craig goes into a lot of detail on that, and we have spoken about it in our last podcast. But I was chatting to Craig about the Galaxy Note 7, the infamous Galaxy Note 7 that uh, caught fire and caused uh, Samsung to or forced Samsung into a global uh, recall, costing it a, an estimated six billion US dollars. Now, I asked Craig what uh, the impact was of the Note 7 recall in South Africa. I think um, it's been generally thought that it didn't really have an impact here because the device never went on sale. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, it had a huge impact on the South African market. Um, they were 48 hours away from launching it commercially in retail. So the phones Ooh. were in stores. They'd been distributed. Uh, there were still some in the warehouse, but a lot of them had been distributed to, to retail outlets. Craig said that uh, even though um, the stores had signed agreements saying they wouldn't sell the Note, 8, the Note 7 before uh, the launch date, some of them had already been sold through retail, of course. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> some of the store owners themselves had checked them out. Um, so they had a quite a complex process of um, recalling these things from customers who bought them before the official launch date. Mm -hmm. um, re recalling it from... Uh, uh, from stores, um, obviously the ones in the warehouse were easier to recall. Yeah. But um, they'd booked advertising space, they'd bought brochure space, uh, so they couldn't they couldn't uh, cancel that at the last minute. So national newspaper ads had to be taken out. So they had to change those ads at the last minute from Note Seven to advertising the Galaxy S Seven, which was their of, of course their other pro uh, top end device at the time. Uh, and uh, so it was. It was. It was a bit of a logistical uh, symphony, uh, as Craig put it. Um, uh, what was interesting as well, I thought, and I don't think it's been disclosed before, is that uh, the Note Sevens that were recalled were not shipped back to Korea. They were handed over to a specialist third party here in South Africa, and they were all destroyed. Oh wow! Destroyed, not even dismantled and uh... destroyed. Uh, apparently in an environmentally friendly way. Um, apparently there were Greenpeace rules that were abided by, etc. But the phones were yeah. the phones were destroyed. Locally. That's a massive write off. I thought they would uh, yeah reuse some of that stuff. But, yeah, uh, yeah. No, they uh, destroyed them, um, which I was amazed to hear. I, I really thought they would have sent them back to Korea and maybe refurbished mm -hmm. them or taken parts out or something. But yeah, no, yeah. they uh, they destroyed them. Um, 
But I'm sure there must be a few floating around still. People obviously sure. not wanting to give them back. You know, keep them for a few years, sell them for a few thousand. You know. Yeah. The problem is they're bricks now. I mean, the moment they connect to the internet, oh, Jesus, yeah. they get bricked by Samsung. You can't use them anymore. They won't charge. Um, so they're paperweights. Uh, but apparently, there are still there are still devices out there. Um, about a million worldwide have still not been returned to Samsung. That's a massive number. It is. It's an amazing number. Um, so you know, you're probably talking at least several hundred, probably several thousand on the ground here in South Africa still. Um, but a million worldwide, and um, I guess people are real- figuring that these things are going to become museum pieces. Um, mm. Maybe at some mm. point in the future, it will be safe to switch them on again because uh, the the bricking will have process will have ended and, and maybe you <laughs> well, can use them well, i'm sure with, i mean it's an android device right so i'm sure if you if you're a hacker type you'll be able to bypass i'm sure before, you, be. before it gets mm. bricked yeah. yeah indeed even after it gets bricked there's probably ways of uh sure, of sure. doing it um, but that's a massive number i thought it was only a few thousand that would have been outstanding because because of the limited launch around the world that's well, they'd, scary. they'd gone in, on sale in North America and, and Korea and I think some other markets around the world already. So, some markets in Europe, if I recall correctly. And, and they were literally hours of, within hours of going on sale here in South Africa. Um, so, uh, no, there, there were a lot of them. There were millions. I think there were five. I, I stand to correction, but I think there were five million out, out in the market yeah. already. Um, and a million apparently still out there. And the, Samsung is probably never going to get them back. Mm, mm. Uh, the other interesting thing that Craig Fleischer said during this podcast interview this week that uh, Samsung Pay, the tap and tap and go payments uh, solution, uh, and obviously competitor to Apple Pay, uh, was meant to be launched in South Africa in Q1. That didn't happen. Um, it's been a little bit more complex than they expected in terms of um, you know the regulatory environment and the the need to get all these POS terminals. Uh, compliant and working with Samsung Pay. Uh, Apparently, it's been a bit more difficult than they expected, but they have now set a Q3 launch date, uh, and they hope to launch it with the next uh, Note device. Um, Craig Fleischer also confirming that there will be another Note. Um, Mm. So Note 8, I presume, uh, Mm. will be out in the third quarter of this year, and he said that the aim, the intention, is to launch Samsung Pay tap-and-go payments um, and have at least 60 to 65% of all POS terminals in South Africa supported by that time. Uh, so ambitious goal, um, but they did miss their Q1 deadline, uh, which was clearly too ambitious. Um, so Q3, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying out. Uh, I, I'm with FMB and their tap and pay works quite well, but uh, the, there's a sort of limited rollout at the moment. Mm, um, you mm. can only use it at certain retailers. Um, I've tried it at engine garages. It seems to seems to be work pretty no- uniformly at engine garages. But Samsung yeah. is promising that uh, Samsung Pay will be uh, available fairly universally in South Africa. At least sixty percent of point of sale terminals, but when they launch in the third quarter, which I think is the right approach because you you don't want to launch without critical mass because consumers mm. won't take it up. Well, the question is: Is it going to support any other? I mean, standards like Apple Pay, perhaps, or is this going to just be for the Samsung platform? I don't know the answer to that question. I, I, I presume that um, that this is integration for Samsung only, um, but I presume that the inter- the integration work that Samsung's doing will grease the wheels for other phone makers uh, coming into this market. Uh, mm. I've got no idea. Sam- I mean, Apple is is notoriously um, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, quiet. Um, uh, that's not the right word. They're notoriously. Uh, um, 
they, they don't reveal what they're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. So who knows? Apple might be working with the local banks. They might not be. Mm. Um, we probably won't know until they launch or shortly before they launch. Uh, Samsung is mu- is much more open in terms of uh, in terms of what they're doing. Um, so they're promising Q3 now. Who knows? Apple might launch shortly thereafter. Perhaps what Samsung is doing is going to make it easier for Apple because uh, because uh, Samsung has done the, the legwork, uh, talking to the regulators, talking to the banks, so that uh, everyone in the ecosystem understands what needs to be done to make it work. Mm-hmm. So interesting podcast with uh, with Craig Fleischer. Go have a listen to that. It's available on the Tech Central website, or just grab it through your favorite podcatcher. What else is happening this week? Uh, Vodafone, uh, their uh, big boss, uh, global CEO Vittorio Colau uh, is in town. Uh, he's been here. He was here the whole week, I believe. Um, I had an interview with him at Vodacom's head office in Midrand. Of course, Vodafone owns sixty-five uh, percent. Uh, Vodafone owns sixty-five percent of Vodacom, um, and uh, Vittorio looks after Vodafone's global operations. They've got uh, operations in two dozen markets around the world, including markets in Europe, the UK, Spain, Portugal, Germany, Italy, range of other markets. Uh, they're um, they're a player in India. Uh, I think they sold their stake in Verizon in the US. Although I think they've launched an MVNO there, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And of course, they own um, Safaricom, or they own a stake in Safaricom in East Africa. They own um, operations in Ghana, and and um, they've got a stake in an Egyptian operator. I think they might own the Egyptian operator entirely. And of course, here in Southern Africa, they own Vodacom, which has operations in South Africa, Tanzania. Um, the DRC, Lesotho, um, I know I'm missing some, uh, but um, interesting interview I had with him this week, uh, and uh, we'll be publishing that story uh, in full uh, on Sunday, tomorrow on Tech Central, In we'll also be publishing that story in the Sunday Times this weekend. Uh, interesting conversation with him, I chatted to him about um, about the white paper, the ICT policy white paper. Uh, and he had some interesting views on that, and um, he's quite positive that a breakthrough is imminent with government on the wholesale open access network uh, and the allocation of spectrum. Uh, he believes that the hybrid model is the model that's going to be uh, that's going to win favour for everybody. Uh, he's he's confident that government is warming to that idea. Uh, we've spoken in detail about this before on this podcast. Uh, so I'm not going to rehash it all now, but uh, that oh. story out tomorrow, um, and he's expressing some interesting views. He also expressed some interesting views on the downgrade of South Africa's credit rating to junk this week, uh, at first by S&P Global Ratings and then later in the week by Fitch. Uh, he talked about the impact that that would have on Vodafone's investment uh, here in South Africa. I don't want to give away too much yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we also had a discussion um, uh, on the future of mobile Um discussion about dumb pipes and whether uh, mobile he believes mobile operators should be involved in buying content or, or developing content or buying content or distributing content uh, oh, that's cool, yeah. he had some very interesting views on that uh, won't be running I, like that, that, yeah. I won't be running that story tomorrow but uh, look out for that one early next week uh, he had some uh, really interesting interviews on that in short he said that um, mobile operators should not be producing content because it's not their area of expertise but he mm. did believe they need to be big players in the space as distributors of content. Mm. Mm. But, I like that. But more on that uh, a bit later in the week. We need to take a, a, an ad break, uh, Rachat. We'll be back right after this. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my call just cut out. 
With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber. Now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rehat? How's it, Duncan? We are talking over Skype, and uh, so far, so good. I'm quite impressed with the quality of the of the call. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, if we just put some lighting on ourselves, we can even record it. Uh, on video and dump yeah, it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, Not that anyone really wants to see us. <laughs> we, might, with, with, we might break the internet. <laughs> oh, we'll, just do, uh, we'll just do skins uh, skins on our, our VR overlay on our faces. That'll be fine. Indeed, some Snapchat uh, overlays. Uh, uh, we don't we don't want to um, violate YouTube's terms of service, <laughs> but we will try video at some point. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I'm sure there's some exciting ma- times. I'm, I'm, yeah, indeed, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure there are some massacres out there that would like to see us on video. Uh, um, so I'm playing with the the new phone from LG. Uh, they launched it in South Africa uh, this just this week. The LG G6. It's the new flagship which they announced at uh, Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. Oh, about six weeks ago now, I think. Yeah. Uh, a very impressive device, I must say. Uh, I, I must just qualify this. Uh, I haven't played with the new Samsung yet. I've just had it in my hand for a second. I haven't uh, had a chance to use it properly. So I can't compare it to the S8. Um, but this is a very good phone. It's uh, it's not round. It doesn't have a round screen, which seems to be the, the flavor of the month at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's flat. They uh, they made very clear during the press conference in Johannesburg this week that uh, they believe consumers don't want rounded screens. Uh, they also had a few digs at their competitor, saying that uh, they've done rigorous testing with this phone and it's not going to catch fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I've always been a fan of of LG. I've I've always found yeah, the you've owned a few, few of them. I have. I actually owned the LG G two and the G three. Um, I didn't get the G four. Uh, I forget which phone I got that year, but um, I, I bought the G three, which was a lovely phone. Um, I was a big fan of that device. I used it uh, for a full year. Uh, the G5, uh, I think they, they lost track of it. They were experimenting. Uh, they went for a modular design uh, where you could uh, you know, unplug uh, um, different accessories, but like Motorola did with the Moto Z, um, although I think the implementation wasn't probably not as good as the Moto Z's implementation of, of, of modularity. Uh, it didn't work for them. The sales for the G5 tanked, and uh, so they've ditched that uh, idea, and they've gone back to the... Uh, They've gone back to a phone that doesn't offer those sort of add-ons. If I bought the G5, I'd probably be a bit disappointed uh, that um, that I'd spent all that money, especially if I'd bought the add-ons, uh, only to find out that the next version doesn't support them. Uh, Motorola has said that they will support uh, the, um, I forget what they call them, uh, the add-ons, uh, Motomods. Uh, for at least two generations of phones. So if you buy the Moto Z now or Moto Z now, you'll find the next version uh, supports those Moto mods. That's what they've promised anyway. Oh, cool. um, if you'd spent a lot of money on uh, the accessories for the or the add-ons for the G5, uh, I think you legitimately might feel a bit aggrieved that uh, the G6 doesn't has mm. abandoned that mm. idea. But uh, you can't blame LG. And the sales of the G5 were really um, really quite poor by all accounts. Uh, but the G6 uh, goes back to the um, sort of design stylings that we've seen with earlier um, LGs. Um, it's a beautiful um, phone, metal phone, uh, flat f- uh, front facing, um, uh, f- front uh, 5.7 inch 
LCD display. It's not OLED, so probably not as bright in in the, uh, as clear in the sunlight as, as uh, some of the mm. new phones like the S8, but still a beautiful screen. And uh, the trend we're seeing is towards uh, much smaller bezels on these devices. Uh, and that's certainly the case with the LG G6. Uh, it is almost all screen. Um, it's not edge-to-edge screen like on the S8, but uh, it very nearly is. Uh, and it's an impressive device. It's a pity we're doing this uh, over Skype, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm holding it up to my camera here. Uh, Rechot, uh, you probably can't really get a good impression of it. But I'm looking at some photos online. I mean, that, yeah, that bezel looks very nice. It mm. looks like a, like a really smart, um, clean, devi- uh, clean design. It's a beautiful design. Rounded corners. It's, um, it's LG, I found, has always done really good hardware. They've uh, probably lacked a bit in the software department. Um, uh, I found the software to be a little bit amateurish, perhaps compared to certainly compared to the iPhone, and probably also compared to the mm-hmm. Android overlays on things like the uh, Xperia devices from Sony, and also the uh, even the uh, um, Samsung uh, TouchWiz interface. Um, dare I say it? <laughs> um, which which I must say has improved dramatically with the S8 TouchWiz on the S8 looks really impressive. Uh, but the, um, the I must say on the LG G6 they've done they've clearly done a lot of work with the Android interface. It's running Android 7.0. Um, there's not as much overlay. It's more of a, as we've seen with other um, for, uh, Android phone manufacturers, they've gone for a more pure Android experience. There's still the LG touches here and there. Uh, the screen, for example, stretches when you pull it off to one side, uh, which I'm not sure is my favorite uh, effect, but uh, yeah. it's something that… You can't disable that. I'm sure you can somewhere in the okay. settings. I haven't uh, haven't actually checked uh, um, you can certainly change the uh, a lot of the effects, like the unlock effect and uh, the the fade effect as you move between home screens. Uh, but they've clearly done a lot of work on the design. The little clock and weather widget uh, is one of the best I've seen on an Android phone. Um, it's a nice clean interface, and it it works well with the the rounded edges of the phone as well. Um, really nice. Um, the, my only criticism is as they've done away with the app tray. Uh, I like the app tray on Android. Uh, the S8 has done away with the app tra- tray as well, so it does seem to be the, the trend amongst these Android manufacturers to do that. But it's relatively trivial to re-enable the app tray. Um, mm-hmm. Just just Google re-enable uh, uh, LG G6 app tray, and uh, there'll be lots of how-to articles out there. Uh, so it's it's no train smash. You can get it back uh, by downloading a little piece of software from the LG App Store. And I see it's got dual cameras at the back what 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 do you use them for how do you use them? i have no idea um i haven't even really used the camera on this yet uh, i presume it's the same reason they have dual cameras on other devices um probably allows you to focus after taking the photo i'm guessing yeah, although i'm not yeah. sure um haven't actually sat down and uh, done a proper review of this phone that's we'll do that in the next couple of weeks but yeah you're right dual cameras on the back the selfie camera on this is very impressive uh, i think it's eight megapixel could be higher uh, even um, uh, but uh, the cameras of the pictures i've taken so far and i haven't stress tested it yet i haven't taken cameras at, at night uh, sorry photos at night um, but uh, the hardware in this device certainly does look good it's got a snapdragon mm-hmm. 821 processor so not the very latest but uh, still quite uh, recent and the performance is pretty good four gigabytes of ram Android 7, as I mentioned. Um, hopefully the updates come quite soon because LG has been quite poor in the past at updating the Android versions on its devices. Uh, but it's a it's a beautiful phone. It's well-designed. And if you're a fan of LG, uh, this is a good upgrade. That's our news. Let's move on to our regular features. Um, winner and loser of the week. Let's start with our loser because it was part of our quiz this week. Uh, and that is the tweet that was put out by our presidential hopeful, 
<laughs> Jacob Zuma's ex-wife and Kosozana Dlamini Zuma, who this week put out a uh, tweet uh, uh, in effect uh, rubbishing South Africans for marching uh, against her ex-husband, uh, calling for him for him to step down. She described uh, the protests against the president as rubbish. I don't have the tweet in front of me at the moment, but uh, you can find it quite easily online if you Google it. Uh, in effect, she uh, was highly critical of the uh, of the tweets. Uh, she was then uh, criticized heavily on Twitter um, with uh, uh, people um, suggesting that this shows her true colors uh, and is she really suitable to be our next president. Uh, interestingly, within the hour, the tweet was deleted um, and then uh, and further tweet was issued claiming that the original tweet that people were sharing had taken a screenshot of, of course, and was being shared all over Twitter was fake, suggesting that she'd never sent it in the first place. Probably, probably got hacked too. It's possible. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's possible. I don't think so. Um, no, no, I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. that's, that's usually the go-to excuse. The go-to excuse. It's possible that she wasn't tweeting it, that it was one of her handlers. Uh, you know, someone at her level probably has someone managing her account for her, and it's possible that whoever is managing that account uh, tweeted it either by mistake uh, through her account instead of their own personal account, or mm. wasn't thinking. Um, so it's possible that it was a handler, but it's entirely possible as well that it was Lamini Zuma herself who sent it out. Oh, yeah. uh, but it was, it was an interesting one anyway. Um, um, you know, if she did send it herself, I think it provides some interesting insight into 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 her thinking. Um, also, if it's anybody close to her, if, I mean, I guess, you know, you, you, it, it would be the sentiment of the group or of mm. the sentiment of the, 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 yeah, her and her handlers, right? Mm. I mean, isn't that, isn't that how you generally yeah. do it? I guess, I guess, yeah. And if you send out, but if you send out a tweet and it's, it's a mistake, right? That's fine. Delete us. Oops, we made a mistake. One of my handlers made a mistake. This tweet shouldn't have been sent out. Exactly. But then don't say that the original tweet was made up, was fake. Uh, oh, that's where it gets uh, a little bit. Fishy. I mean, it's so so easily cla uh, proven that it wasn't fake and that it was actually mm -hmm. issued by that verified Twitter account. Uh, I mean, her account has a blue tick next to it. It's verified. Yeah. It's her account, um, so she can't claim that it's uh, someone else's account. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so uh, she's our loser of the week for that. It was very tempting to pick Jacob Zuma again, but uh, this is a tech show, so I uh, I suppose we need to find some <laughs> sort of tech angle on it. So. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, there is a link to this week's protests. Uh, so that's our loser this week. And Corsa Zana Dlamini Zuma for more so for saying that the tw tweet was fake rather than actually issuing the tweet in the first place. And our winner this week is um, another South African, although I don't, don't know if he'd call himself that anymore. That's uh, mm. uh, Tesla founder Elon Musk. Uh, and uh, Tesla, um, which uh, of course now makes the batteries as well, so it's not just a car, oh, yeah. car company, uh, is now worth more than Ford. Wow. Even That's though impressive. Ford is many times bigger, uh, it is now the second uh, most valuable um, car manufacturer in the United States after General Motors. Not bad for a little uh, electric car startup that um, <laughs> has probably only sold a few 10,000 cars. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for those to get come to South Africa. I've seen some videos on YouTube. Those vehicles are impressive. The Tesla Model 3. Yeah, let's hope yeah. it gets here. Yeah. Um, I think quite a few South Africans have put pre-orders in for those. Mm. Um, 
I'm, I'm sure those people who have put in pre-orders are watching uh, the downgrades and the rand weakening by the day and uh, watching the <laughs> price of their new Tesla going up and up and up. Uh, but yeah, I must say, I'd love to own one of those as well. The Tesla Model 3 looks beautiful. But that's our winner this week. Elon Musk, is uh, Tesla is now worth more than Ford. That's an incredible accomplishment. Very impressive, yeah. Richard, what's your pick this week? Um, you know I like beer. You know I like I know you gadgets. love beer. <laughs> <laughs> So you you also um, okay so you you when you go running you also track your 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 uh, your run and your heart rate and all of those things. I do. I use so, a Garmin six thirty Forerunner six thirty. It's a fantastic device. So then this uh, my pick will also work for you uh, if you are if you are interested. Um, it's called uh, Beer Tracker Plus, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a it's a little plug you know add on that you can add into your uh, onto your Garmin watch. There's a couple of watches like the Phoenix three, your watch, uh, the Forerunner thirty five. I think those kind of watches are supported. Um, and essentially, once you've installed this, um, your workout essentially gets converted into a reward system that uh, will, at the end of your workout, tells you how many beers you've earned, which is a nice little incentive if, you, if you're a little bit of an active person but also enjoy uh, icy cold beverage. Um, <laughs> this application <laughs> will tell you what, uh, well, yeah, what you've earned, um, you know, um, after, your, after your workout. Doesn't, uh, it it's a final of, app. doesn't it kind of defeat the purpose <laughs> No, well, I mean, I asking think for a friend. A, 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 <laughs> it allows you to keep the balance. I suppose um, some of us will never give up beer, dunk, no matter how hard we are. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it's a very cool little application. Uh, you, you, know, you, you know what they say: a well-balanced diet is one a beer in one hand and another beer in the other. Hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, uh, this is an application for Connect IQ. So if you're a Garmin user, you know that you use Connect IQ to to upload data and uh, plugins to your device. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, it's available on the Garmin.com website. That's IQ Beer Tracker Plus. I've, no, I've noticed that you've said on our show notes here, just beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit early in the morning, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, look, I mean, I think the podcast is finishing soon, another hour, then I can uh, hit one. All right. Um, it is the weekend after all. It is, it is. My, my pick this week is uh, something called uh, Physics Toolbox Suite. It's available for iOS and for Android. It's a very cool little app. Um, you know, as these phones, as our phones get more and more powerful, they've, they've got all sorts of interesting um, sensors built into them, uh, sensors that we don't even realize that are in our phones. And uh, this little app um, takes advantage of every single sensor in your phone and uh, shows you in a beautiful graph format uh, the output uh, from those sensors. Uh, so, um, for example, I've just fired up on this LG G6, a barometric pressure sensor, and um, it's showing me pressure over time. And it actually shows you amazing the sensitivity of this thing is absolutely astonishing. Uh, you can actually see the pressure declining or rising in real time, atmospheric pressure. Wow. Uh, it, it appears to be, so this actually amazes me because I didn't realize you could actually get this level of sensitivity. But uh, if I actually raise the device above my head, uh, I see the atmospheric pressure falling as it goes higher. And if I lower the phone towards the ground, it shows the atmospheric pressure rising. Um, and as you know, atmospheric pressure is higher at the coast than it yeah, is yeah. in the mountains. Um, now, I, I'm still a bit skeptical about whether moving a device <laughs> a meter actually affects its atmospheric the atmospheric pressure around it. But uh, according to this device, it does. Um, I think the size of these sensors, of many of these sensors, have shrunk so much. I mean, it's a little diode on the device that yeah. will measure this barometric barometric pressure. Yeah. Does it maybe not pull it from um, from the internet? No, There's no, no this, GPS is, this is or anything. This is definitely the sensors. 
This is using the sensors according to the app. Um, it's currently measuring barometric pressure of 859.61 hectopascals and it's jumping around 66, 6.61, 0.63, 0.62, 0.63, 859.61 hectopascals. Um, as far as I can tell, it's using the built in barometer in this device. Now they've got a G-force meter, a linear accelerometer, gyroscope barometer, function called roller coaster, proximeter. Uh, there's a ruler, a magnetometer, compass, digital compass, of course, GPS, inclinometer, light meter, sound meter, tone detector, oscilloscope, uh, multi-record, I'm not sure what that does, tone generator, color generator and something called a, a stroboscope which is in beta um so lots of uh, really geeky stuff in here if you want to play around if you've got a a modern handset like a g6 like a samsung s7 or s8 or if you have an iphone um install the app and you can see all sorts of really geeky stuff um that is very cool um so that is my pick this week it's the physics physics toolbox suite it's available for android and ios there are a number of apps like this available in the app stores uh but this is the best implementation i've seen so far because it gives you a rolling uh, real-time graph of all of these sensors uh, showing you what they're doing very cool i'm going to install that right away cool stuff and i think Rehart, that's our show unless you've got anything else no i think that is it great um our first ever skype podcast and i think it's gone quite well um in terms of audio quality uh, mm-hmm. we're uh, we'll, we'll experiment in future uh we'll probably mostly do these podcasts in person but uh, the next time we do one of these we might uh, indeed uh, try and shoot a bit of video as well and yeah, uh, put it up on youtube um assuming that our faces don't break that youtube license i'll wear a hat <laughs> before we go uh, we need to do our quiz results let me kick off with the first question LG this week launched its new uh, G6 flagship smartphone in South Africa. How much does it cost? And we were looking for the recommended retail price within a range of a thousand rand. And it's not cheap, I'm afraid. Uh, the recommended retail price is 14,629 rand. Wow. The second question, Amazon.com CEO of Jeff Bezos said this week that he spends how much of his own money every year funding Blue Origin, his space exploration company. And the answer there is a whopping $1 billion. $1 billion of his own money every year into this venture. And he sells Amazon stock to that amount to fund Blue Origin. Oh, wow. That's a nice little side project that you can fund, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Samsung Electronics said this week in an interview with Tech Central that it has pushed out the launch in South Africa of Samsung Pay, its tap-and-go payments and digital wallet solution to when. And uh, the answer, of course, is the third quarter of 2017. The fourth question, which politician this week tweeted that the demonstrations by South Africans against President Jacob Zuma were rubbish, then deleted the tweet and then claimed that the tweet was fake? The answer, Nkosuzana Dlamini Zuma. And our last question our quiz this week, Vodacom's chairman announced this week that he was stepping down. Who is he? And for a bonus point, why is he stepping down? And the, that the answer is uh, Peter Moyo, and he is taking up the role of CEO of Old Mutual Emerging Markets. And he's taking over from Ralph Mopita, who resigned to become Chief Financial Officer at MTN Group. And that is our quiz. As always, if you've got any feedback on the show, uh, please uh, uh, send us an email. The email address is info at techcentral.co.za. We love getting your mails and we do read all of them. From Rechard and myself, have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Ciao, ciao.